This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, before we go any further, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at Love of the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. You guys, I've seen it on social media. You've been enjoying Boomer Jacks just like Brian Payton and I do, uh, and we love it. We love that you guys are tagging us in your photos out there, getting some of that ice-cold beer, or getting some of those fantastic wings. They have great wing specials. Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But the specials are great the other days of the week, too. It's not just about the wings. It's also about the drink special starting at $3, the $15 buckets of beer. And that beer is some of the coldest you're going to find. They have wall-to-wall TVs, live music, great patio setups. It is just a wonderful atmosphere for whatever you're looking for, whether that's you know happy hour with the coworkers, a place to watch the game with your buddies, or just somewhere to have dinner with your family. Boomer Jacks is your spot. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, we have not had a chance to talk since uh, some other news came down. And I'll be honest, if it was if this was a couple of years ago or uh, if if this was an instance where this player was as significant as he was at one point, maybe maybe we would have talked about it sooner. But I I don't know. I, I didn't know that there was a huge rush. Ezekiel Elliott is no longer a Dallas Cowboy, Brian. Uh, they choose to post June 1, release him, uh, and he is now uh, on the market. And, uh, you know, in search of a job, the Cowboys could not come to an agreement on a pay structure and a amount of playing time that made sense for both parties. So he has moved on. Your initial thoughts on the release of Ezekiel Elliott and uh, what the Cowboys do moving forward. Well, we all kind of felt like that uh, even before the senior bowl, like post season Mm -hmm. uh, after the playoff game, we all remember Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones at Mobile, Alabama and Jerry talking about, well, I want to keep Zeke and I want to keep Tyron. I want to keep, and then, and then you and I had some shows where we're like, well, that doesn't seem very realistic right now. And then they, it was about, okay, well, we need to have those meetings before we go to the combine and kind of figure things out. Yep. And they went and had their meetings and they figured it out. They figured out that they had to move on from Ezekiel Elliott. And, um, you know, it's this is one of those things. And I, 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 I was on 105.3 The Fan the other day whether you like Ezekiel Elliott or not, and if one of the reasons why you don't like him is because you felt like he made too much money f- for the position and how he played, mm-hmm. it's not that's not his fault. The Cowboys are the ones 
the front office are the ones that paid him the money. Now, Ezekiel Elliott initially, if you want to say he's the one, and maybe I'm saying it's the wrong way, but he saved Dak Prescott's first two years in the NFL. You know, he he really did. That when you look at his rookie year, year after, I mean, Ezekiel playing at a very high level for several years, it took a lot of pressure off Dak Prescott. I mean, it did, Dak Prescott didn't have to be the entire offense's rookie. We've seen so many rookie quarterbacks get thrown in that situation and just drowned. Mm-hmm. And I think Ezekiel Elliott, he 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 suffered for it. He suffered for it for the number of carries he got. He suffered because he wouldn't miss games. He suffered because he played through injury, you know. So say what you want about Ezekiel Elliott. You know, I feel like the money he got is the money he earned for what he did. Now, was it, you know, at the time too much? No, not then. But now, yeah, it is. So you kind of feel like, okay, Ezekiel, let me tell you this, Bobby. Ezekiel Elliott's next gig needs to be where he splits time with another running back. Yep. Because because he's figured out by him carrying the entire load, it's not gonna it's not gonna go good for him. It's just he's had too many carries already. So I think he saw what would happen with Pam and Pollard. They split time. He was able to stay fresher, you know, through games. It, it, the production wasn't there, but. I tell you what, the times they handed him the ball in third and one and fourth and one and things like that, he was he was fine, you know. But it, uh, it, it you know, you knew it was going to come to an end just because the amount of money. And the Cowboys were the ones that signed him to that contract. Yeah, the people say, well, he held out. Well, yeah, he held out, but what happened? Cowboys caved and gave him the money. You know, Stephen Jones, I was standing right there in the Indianapolis at a ballroom uh, at the Marriott when he was talking about where uh, where Ezekiel Elliott's money stood. And, mm-hmm. it, and, he, and he mentioned the name Todd Gurley. And at the time, Todd Gurley was the highest paid running back in the league with the Rams. And yep. Stephen Jones in front of me, Todd Archer, John Mishota, Calvin Watkins, Clarence Hill, Jane Slater, we all standing there watching as Stephen Jones said that. He he put himself in that corner. And so I'm like, okay, well, that's that's what they thought of the player. And so I I kind of feel like now that you know the Cowboys like, okay, we gave you this money and you earned it, but it's too much now. And they had to make that decision. And in fact, that they did. And uh guy had a hell of a career in Dallas. He really, really did. Um, you know, you look like I say, you look at what he was able to do, and I, I give him full credit for allowing Dak Prescott to at least have a chance to develop the first two or three years of his career. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, my turn, Brian. 
is it, is it is my turn to get yelled at now? Because I'm going to have some people yell. I had people yelling at me last week when I talked about Ezekiel Elliott. Here's here's how I view. So I was the good cop. Now you're going to be the bad uh, cop. Yeah, yeah. Here's here's how I view Ezekiel Elliott's time in Dallas. Uh, the first year he was here, he was one of the probably five to ten best players in football. Period. That year, he was great. He was incredible. Um, 2017, I didn't think he was very good. 2018, he was good again, and that was the last time we saw good football out of him. Every moment that he played on that contract, or every moment after the extension, because some of it was part of the rookie deal, every moment after that extension got done, he was playing beneath what he had told the Cowboys he was worth. And yeah, the Cowboys got the deal done, that's on them. But when I think of Ezekiel Elliott, I think, boy, when he was a good football player, he was a pain in the ass for them off the field consistently yeah yeah. and as soon as that ended and the maturation came he was a pain in the ass for them on the field because he wasn't very good and so I have less of a time feeling more glowingly about it because I'm like man whether it was off the field or on the field you were not getting what you totally needed from him at any point in the seven years he was here and when he was on on the field there was usually something off the field as soon as off the field was taken care of on the field he wasn't very good and and I think that when when you look back at that, I just say it was well past time. I I, I did, was not one who thought they should have given him the the contract extension. But man, you look at his yards per game from rookie year down, Brian. Well, no, it, I know, I know, well, but I know one hundred eight point seven, ninety eight point three, ninety five point six, eighty four point eight, sixty five point three, fifty eight point nine, fifty. A regression every sure, year of sure. his career. Sure. And so to me, I just look at it and go. I don't look back on it fondly so much as I, I, I have some bitterness that why did it take this long to correct this mistake? You guys let yourself sit on this contract. Because they handed, they handed him the ball like a million times, you know, and, and they shouldn't and, have. Yeah. Okay. But that's, that's a, okay. Do you, do you, do you not think him? Okay. So are you saying that I'm wrong that he helped with the early development with Dak? No, 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 no. I no, and like I said, I think he was I mean that he took the pressure off Dak having to carry the offense by himself. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with that. Um I, I think that he was like I said, he was really, really good uh the first several years or, yeah. or the first year the first so that first year he was here, he was great. The, the suspension and all that was that was bad. That set I mean, all all that headache that happened and you know, all, all that, man, that, I mean, he, he was never convicted of anything. I mean, it was like a lady, like, I mean, and like, if you go back in, in the court, of, in an Ohio court, they didn't convict him of anything. Here's, here's and, what and the what league suspended him and he's on, he's off, he's on, he's off. And I, I mean, hey, did he put himself in some bad situations? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely he did. And yeah. was he, was he very good at the end? No, but there by I think it allowed I think by his demise it allowed Tony Pollard to get more opportunity. That's I mean oh, they, yeah. they, they would have kept playing they would have kept playing Zeke, you know, if if they could, but they you're you're right. They started to see the things you did that hey, the yards per carrier down. You know, breaking tackles is down. You know, all those things. He was becoming a declining player. But they also ran him into the ground. Mike McCarthy said it 
Mike McCarthy said it on one of those episodes of Hard Knocks. Stephen Jones is standing there and he goes, gosh, you guys have given him the ball a lot. A Stephen, lot. And Stephen kind of goes, uh, yeah. Like he was embarrassed, you know? They, they, so Tony Pollard, I made this reference this week on 105 Through the Fan uh, when I was just looking through some of the numbers, trying to compare Tony Pollard's usage to Zeke's. Um, when you look at the fact that Tony Pollard has played 62 games, Brian, and over those 62 games, he has 631 touches. Ezekiel Elliott got his 632nd touch in the 26th game of his career. 26 yeah. games, and he was already at Tony Pollard's number. And in fact, here's one of the things that uh, Pollard's been in the year for four in the league for four years. Zeke's been in it for seven. Over the next three years, if Tony Pollard gets 500 touches a year, he still will trail Zeke through seven years by 55 touches. They, they, Jason Garrett, Jason Garrett, Jason Garrett ran ran him into the ground. They they did, absolutely. And, And that's why, what I'm hoping they've learned from this is. Don't ever pay somebody that you use them up that much. Like, like I think they're still willing to at least investigate what Pollard might be able to do because they've sort of kept him in bubble wrap. And and Memphis didn't use him a ton. I mean, he's never been a, a workhorse throughout his career. Zeke was used as a workhorse to the point that, Brian, the let's see, what is it? The 15 longest touchdowns of Ezekiel Elliott's career all came on his rookie deal. Yeah. All yeah. of them. That Every is wild. Yeah. Now, now understand me when I say that. When I say they all came on his rookie deal, like there was one in 2019, which was after he got the extension, but that was still on the rookie contract. The extension years hadn't kicked in yet. Mm-hmm. So uh, just to me, I look at it as it's well past time. I don't really feel like business. I know some people said you're being super disrespectful. That You can't be disrespectful. No, no, no. You're not, not being disrespectful. disrespectful. The guy you're got not- his money, and it was time. That's yeah, all no, of it. It absolutely was time. The fact that Jerry Jones even thought about bringing him back at the at the at the Senior Bowl, that that even a guy like me that is apologizing for Zeke right now, is even I was surprised he said that. Now one more uh, note here before we move on to the mailbag, because uh, you already made reference, I know, to the Tyron Smith situation. Uh, and since we last talked, Tyron Smith has gotten a reworked deal from the Cowboys. So it was funny when it was first reported, it sounded it was being the language used was uh, I believe the first person reported was Tom Pelissero, and he said restructure. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, if this is a restructure, there's a problem because that means they're not taking a pay cut. They're just doing accounting tricks. And then, of course, Todd Archer from ESPN comes out with the, of, with the report of, no, this is a reworking, not a restructure, it's a reworking, reworking yeah. Yeah. Uh, which basically turns a good portion of his salary into incentives uh, for playtime and playoff wins and things like that. So uh, Tyron Smith's contract, uh, his cap had ultimately frees up $9.6 million with the change in his contract structure. His deal now is a one-year $6 million deal. He can make up to $17 million uh, with a lot of it in playtime bonuses. So he gets $1 million if he plays in 50% of the snaps for the year. If he plays in 55% of the snaps, he gets another million. 60, another million. And it just goes up in these increments of 5%. He gets another million all the way up to 90%. Um that to me, Brian, as we talk about what they're going to do, that to me sounds like their plan is for him to be starting in some capacity and yeah. that they're covering themselves on. We don't want to pay you if you're not going to start for us and you get hurt. 
And so to me, I think it still sounds like Tyron Smith and Tyler Smith is the left side of the offensive line next year. Yeah, that's that's what I because see, um, that's the questions I have, and I want to know where I want to know where if if you could tell me where Tyron Smith is going to play, I could tell you where Tyler Smith is going to play. You know, yep. If you could tell me those things, and um, you know, I the more I'm digging in on the draft, uh, some of those names, I uh, the guard class, I think has gotten a little bit better. I mm-hmm. don't feel particularly great about taking one at 26, but second, third round kind of grades, absolutely. Absolutely. If that's something that you feel like you need to do, but I, I'm not, you know, I'm not interested in grabbing one at 26 because I kind of feel like the first, second, third guys are kind of very similar type of players right. to me. So I, I'm I'm not interested. I might go a different direction at 26. I know a lot of people had, you know, always like these mock drafts we look at. It's always Torrance from uh, Florida, Florida as the guy. I don't think you have to pick Torrance in, at 26. I think you could grab a guy second, third, fourth round that, that, that could do the job just as well. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can get it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 